Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and today we have a very exciting guest, his name is John Arnone, and he is the CEO and chairman at American Cryostem. Welcome, John. Thank you very much, Juliet, for having me today. Of course. I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about your company and what you guys do, and just this particular advancement in, a, in our world, I think, is very exciting. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit of insight into American Cryostem, uh, what you're about, what you guys do. Sure. Uh, Juliet, we were founded in 2008, and we basically are a stem cell laboratory as we sit today. Um, we are, in the last 10 years, we've developed into a, uh, a marketer uh, and a licensor of adipose tissue uh technologies that we've created in our in our laboratory. We currently have a main laboratory facility in Princeton, New Jersey, and we have affiliate licensed facilities in Hong Kong, Tokyo, Japan, Shenzhen, China, uh, Bang- and Bangkok, Thailand. And we're in the midst of opening up a couple of other countries. So let me tell you precisely what we do. Back in 2008, um, first of all, I'm a retired investment banker, and I spent 23 years on Wall Street, and I became interested in stem cells back in probably about 2007. And around 2008, I got together with a partner, 
and we decided we were going to set up a stem cell laboratory which would allow any individual the ability to store their stem cells for future use in regenerative medicine. So if you look back, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know uh, the cord blood model where a baby could store, uh, a parent could store the umbilical cord for a child. Well, in 2008, I realized, what about me? What about everybody that this umbilical cord storage wasn't available to? And that would be almost everybody over 25 years old. So we determined that a new, pro, a new source of stem cells was really starting to get traction 10 years ago, and those were called mesenchymal stem cells. And the largest volume of those mesenchymal stem cells was found to be contained in fat. So as I was looking over the platform uh, of what was available in the market 10 years ago, I realized that everybody has a little bit of extra fat. And the only other available way to to access your cells back then would have been through bone marrow, which required an eva a very evasive procedure of, of extracting it from the hip. So we set out to perfect a system that any individual could visit a physician and in a 20 to 30 minute procedure have a little bit of fat collected from the belly area, uh, right by the belly button. They'd put a small little one centimeter incision. They'd put in a cannula. They'd suck some fat out. They would put it, they would take that lipoasper, is what it would be called after the lipo, put it into a collection bag, which would go into a box that we would supply to physician. And we had validated our whole transportation through Federal Express. So it goes into a box, FedEx picks it up from the physician that day. It's in our laboratory, uh, 8, 9 a.m. the next morning where we process it. So right there, that allows us to have your younger stem cells in our facility, which we can store as either pure fat or we can, at that moment we receive them, separate out the stem cells and store them separately. On the, on the cost-effective side, though, we determined that most people can have chosen to just send us the pure fat sample, and it costs approximately between $500 to $1,000 for the surgeon service, and it costs approximately $1,000 for our laboratory service. So with that said, we uh, today have approximately 200 surgeons in our national network that would perform the service for anybody, uh, as well as all these locations outside the country. And we've been seeing a great uh, uh, turnout and a lot of people storing their material, their cellular material, that have a family history of heart disease, stroke, um, we're seeing a lot of athletes that have issues with either their shoulders or their knees, as well as a vast number of wellness people that are not sick today, but recognize the science is coming quickly. We see a lot of orthopedic app uh, applications with the athletes. Shoulders. Of course, because their joints are knees, wearing out. Exactly. We've seen some, some, some uses towards even concussions. So there are. Huh. There are a lot, a lot of applications for these cells, and I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg with what science is starting to see. Um, your own cells can heal and repair in your own body. But one thing everybody's solid on is that as we age, our stem cells are aging. And the sooner you can get your cells into uh, 
courage, the better you will be. So if you're if you become ill with, let's say, an autoimmune disease, let's say uh, multiple sclerosis in 10, 15 years, your cells could be taken out of the tank. They could be cultured and expanded and used as a potential therapy application. And you would actually be utilizing your younger cells. Wow. that's It's just so incredible that this technology exists. Do you have any statistics on how how regenerative they are. So say, you know, someone has has like a liver disease or whatnot, can you use stem cells in that form of healing? Well, again, there's there's many types of stem cells. You know, you can get mm-hmm. stem cells from blood, you get stem cells from your adipose tissue, which is your fat, you still get them from bone marrow. Uh, you also have embryonic cells that were out there quite early on, but just didn't seem to get the traction and, and seem to garner a lot of negative connotations. Uh, from uh, religious groups um, because they come from an embryo. So, yes, there's multiple uh, applications for these cells. What are some of the limitations uh, specifically for the fat cells from your own body that you're speaking about using in your company? What are some of the limitations of those stem cells? the, The limitations as far as collecting them, processing, and storing them, we haven't seen any. We haven't seen a... Your cells are only good for storage for 10 years, years or 30 years. Science tells us that they could be good for 50 to 100 years. We haven't had an end to that yet. That's the basic limitation that I see. And as far as so, and as far as in a therapeutic way, um, they can be used for all these different things, and it doesn't have to come from embryo, which is really solving a lot of the issues I think that people mainly associate with stem cells. Right. Well, a lot of the issues are um, compatibility almost like an organ match. If you needed a, a new heart, you just couldn't use anybody's heart. You have to have one that's a, a, a good match for your body mm-hmm. biologically. Same thing in, in, in stem cells. But what we've chosen to do is stick on the autologous route, meaning your cells for your body. So we've gotten rid of any uh, rejection type of issues by sticking on that front. And we've stuck with, and we have strictly concentrated at this point on adipose-derived cells because we've become expert as a company at expanding those cells and growing them in our in our laboratory facility. This is also amazing. Um, I want to ask you a question about people using topical skin cells, stem cells. So I know a lot in the beauty industry uh, on some cosmetics and on lotions and things. Some products will say it contains rose stem cells or contains, you know, papaya stem cells, and these things are put on the labels of things to encourage uh, people to buy them as anti-aging products. Are those at all beneficial in any way? Well, therapeutically, for inside the body, I would say no. Yeah. Topically, topically? they topically they may have some positive results, uh, and we have been down that path. And and as a company, we actually do create a topical formulation for some of our customers uh, using their own stem cells. We, we basically get the cells into our facility and we culture them, expand them. Those cells put out proteins, cytokines, and growth factors. And that's what's been healing and repairing your tissue and organs your whole life. We've been able to isolate those factors and bottle them into a serum, an eye cream, and a moisturizer. And we've actually had some very good results. We did do a clinical study on that, and it was pretty amazing. Uh, 
that's fine lines and wrinkles are yeah i mean were our first application yeah and not just for i was going to say for for beauty wise but for people who've maybe had some sort of uh, skin damage from burns or fires or uh, surgeries or whatnot or scarring this could potentially be a game changer for people in that regard 100 percent 100 percent we kind of here at american cryosems just stick to the uh, it appears to get rid of fine lines and wrinkles uh, we know that uh, we start if it starts going into rosacea or scars or if we speak about any of the other things we believe that this does to the skin it becomes a drug according to the fda oh interesting yeah. I wonder why that is. <laughs> well, I could give you another hour explanation on that, but this probably isn't the forum to do that. But yes, they've been very we've been very successful with the topical materials that we've been making. What I know that if there's any ladies listening and, and some gentlemen, um, mm-hmm. you know, what does something like this cost as a preventative thing? You know, you, you said that the extraction is about a thousand dollars and the storage is about a thousand dollars. To create these specific products for an individual right. What are some of the price ranges of those things? Well, again, depending on what, uh, how many products the individual wants, it could run from 150 to 1,200 dollars a month, and we wow. and it's made fresh in our laboratory and shipped overnight once a month to the customers. This is is such a great technology and 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 something that is preventative that you can do to take control of your own health when it comes to aging either the, the way we look or the way we feel or what's going on internally, this is really a great way for people to feel like they have a little bit more power over Mother Nature. Absolutely. Well, what, what's interesting about our, our platform is that once we get that first collection of a customer's adipose tissue, we have it in our laboratory. There's three ways you can really go, probably four ways with that with that tissue. One thing that a lot of our mostly women have uh, customers have been working with is they, if they're having a, um, uh, a fat transfer, which is a grafting procedure, which seems to be one of the top three procedures out there now in plastic surgery, and that would be moving tissue from one part of the body to another, okay, whether it's your cheeks or top of your hands or breasts, um, anywhere where they need uh, more fill, okay. We've created a product called AtGraft. So in competition with Juvederm and Restylane, which are artificial fillers lasting nine months to a year, year and a quarter, we will uh, we will package your adipose tissue into small 5 ml vials and we'll store multiple vials in our tank. You would visit your physician on a schedule, maybe every three months or six months. We would ship some of that material to the physician and he would inject it into the patient as a filler. And if it's done properly, 90% to 100% of that becomes permanent. Because all you're really doing is moving your your fat from one part of your body to another. As long as that fat gets enough blood flow, it'll survive. So in essence, that product allows um, a, a patient to rebuild lost tissue uh, over time. And it's almost like building a house uh, without losing any. And it allows the doctor some patient loyalty that patient will continue back to that physician knowing that they're on a certain regimen, as opposed to using Restylane and Juvederm. It's your own material. So that's one product that we make. We also make the topicals that we spoke about. But thirdly, we will make 
we can take that fat and dive a little deeper into the fat and extract what's called the mesenchymal cell, expand it, and those could be used for therapy should you need a cellular therapy down the road. So one extraction and storage, it just has so many different options for exactly. the patient. Yes. So it's definitely a, a, a worthwhile uh, a venture for people that uh, are on the wellness side as well as know they have a family history or just generally uh, care about their, their overall appearance. So we've had, we've had some pretty good success with customers here. I have to ask, uh, how much does the extraction hurt? <laughs> Uh, again, it, again, it's a, it's a, you know, they'll, they'll numb, they'll numb you up in the area. Okay, um, I wouldn't say it hurts. Uh, it's a one centimeter cut right by the belly button. They, they naturally numb the area up. Uh, in my case, um, I didn't even need a stitch to close it. Oh wow! And it's, a, it was a little tender for a day or two, but that was it. You know, no more than, if, no more than if I would have went to the gym and did about twenty sit ups. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I, w I was number one about six, seven, eight years ago um, to try it. Once we had perfected everything and we'd done all our uh, testing over a couple of years, uh, we were actually going out to some local surgeons. And once a liposuction was performed, we requesting that, you know, the fat be donated to us. And we worked like that for a couple of years. We thought, you know, when I believed we were at that point, which was probably around 2010 or 11, uh, I said, okay, let's see what it feels like. And I went in and had it done with uh, my partner. And him and I were number one and two. And uh, it was not that unpleasant of a situation. When I knew what I was storing for, you know, I knew that my 50-year-old cells, if I ever get, if I ever need them when I'm in my 60s or 70s, I'm at least going to be using my younger cellular material. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is really a a type of science that can turn our idea of wellness and medicine and self healing on its head. Yeah, this is this is something that can really turn around the way we approach medicine and healing. It can really turn it around to to look at our own selves to restore our own healing processes. One hundred percent. I I looked at it as the next logical progression in, in uh, medicine. I mean, if you what go over the last couple hundred years, the industry changed when they invented penicillin. Mm -hmm. And it cha had another miraculous change, and in, in, I guess it was about the 70s when they developed x-ray equipment. And now you could look inside a person and see what's going on. So here we are at that turn again where, uh, you know, it, it's time to use your own. If science is there to allow us to use our own biological materials to heal and repair ourselves, I don't know what could be better than that. To actually repair it instead of treating a sim just a symptom. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're a perfect match for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think the science is still, though, I mean, the science, I think, is here, but I, I, I think that uh, the, the way it's starting to catch on now, it's, it's many years ahead of us globally, as opposed to in the United States. We've had quite a bit of regulation in the United States, uh, especially over the last 10 years, uh, regarding uh, the use of your own material to heal and repair yourself. But globally, Asia, in Japan, uh, Thailand, China, it's, it's, it's more and more traction than we have at the moment in the U.S. 
That brings me to one of my questions, um, which you answered already, is the U.S. less accepting or more accepting? But why do you think that is in our current system? We are less accepting of a technology that seems to really just be self-fulfilling. You know, we're not we're not taking embryonic stem cells. We're taking them straight from ourselves to heal ourselves. You know, what are you what are you finding is the reasoning behind all these regulations that you're seeing? Well, you, you do recognize that that most of the industry or the whole industry is made up of big pharma, and they mm-hmm. invest hundreds of millions, if billions of dollars, into particular drugs or pills that uh, treat the symptom. Okay, so there's a very big lobby out there at the moment yeah. uh, from both sides of the coin. Number one, you know, would be the patient saying, hey, wait a minute, why can't we use our own material if the traditional medicines that big farmers making aren't working for us? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's a bit of a battle going on, right? It's been going on for many years now. Um, I see it's starting to loosen up a little bit, um, meaning uh, I saw our current president, I guess at a State of the Union address, I guess about two months ago or so, stood up and said that if somebody is ill uh, and there uh, is nothing out there that's currently being made, they should be allowed to use their own material. And it's called mm-hmm. the right to try. And I think yeah. that that is working its way right now through the government. Um, so I, I think we're absolutely on the right path right now. And I, I truly believe that being an investment banker in, my, in the past, that this type of medicine could absolutely assist in some of the financial issues that are going on right now uh, with medicine. So it's certainly what is cheaper. The- Definitely, and and that's the that's the thing that you know you hit the nail on the head. It's it's a price. It's a, a generation of funds that really matters, not necessarily whether or not it's better for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you know, I mean, but it's it, I I feel the current's going in the right direction right now. I think mm-hmm. the FDA has come up. Yeah, the FDA is starting to come out with some easier pathways for smaller companies like us to get through the system. Um, and we're, we're currently working with the FDA on a couple of projects right now. Absolutely. All right. So if people are interested in this, what is the best way for them to get information and if they like potentially get their stem cells in storage? Well, they could, uh, certainly call us, um, uh, at American Cryostem in New Jersey. Uh, our phone number is area code 732-747-1007. They could, or they could go to our website, AmericanCryoStem.com, and I believe there's a, an information page there that they would fill out, and we'd respond. Uh, and we, no matter where they call in from, um, we would be able to direct them to the closest physician uh, that's in our network in the state that they reside in. And one more question I just thought of, mm-hmm. is there any specific individuals that where this would not be an option? Um you know, I think it's an option for everybody, but some, you know, we haven't really worked with any patients under the age of 18. Okay. We have had storages of individuals that are in their middle to late 70s. Uh, and, you know, I, sometimes when you hit some of these diseases and you're in stage four, you know, it, it's it's difficult. Yeah. When you're getting Sometimes towards your... Yeah, yeah, but we still have patients that try to, you know, get their material and try to have an application done somewhere. Uh, but it's it's difficult when they hit 
later stages of a progressive uh, autoimmune disease. But it exactly. works very well in I was going to say it works very well in the earlier stage one, two, sometimes stage three. It definitely gives quality of life and it gives relief to the symptoms. Absolutely. But the faster you get in to get your stem cells harvested, the younger they will be in comparison to your to your life. That's that's correct. And so you'll have your 25, 30, 40-year-old stem cells working inside of a 65, 70-year-old body. And that's pretty and, standard science out there. And just one more question I'm thinking. When people get their stem cells harvested, um, are your stem cells close to, say, your blood relatives? Can you at all, would it be useful at all to give stem cells to, say, a family member that might be needing them? Are they transferable? Well, <laughs> Yeah, the true definition of autologous does slide down to siblings or uh, children. Okay. Yeah, okay. Siblings, I mean, so that's what I was assuming. Not not aunts and uncles. It'd be it'd be direct descendants. Exactly. So, but but normally everybody tries to do you know what we've seen. Uh, I've mostly ninety nine percent been autologous. That individual using his own material. Uh, it would not be good if you were uh, your material. Probably would not be good for your husband. Exactly. But it would be it would okay be for direct. a sibling. For a child, yeah. if you had a child or children, yeah. yes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, John, this has been really eye-opening and such an interesting and exciting new technology. Yes, it is. We're we're very excited about it. You know, we're excited about the interest we're starting to get globally. You know, from other countries to to license our our intellectual property. So we're we're very excited. And plus, I think the way the F, the pathway we're going to towards with the FDA now, I think we've turned the corner. And I think you're going to see uh, some of these uh, cellular applications becoming more and more available over the next few years. I hope so. I look forward to that yeah, future. We all do. <laughs> well, John. Thank you so much for joining me today on Future Tech Podcast, and we will be looking to hear more about your company in the near future. Thank you very much, Julia. That was John Artone. He is the CEO and chairman at American CryoStem. You can check out their website at AmericanCryoStem.com. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, 
September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center. He's going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.